Hello and welcome to the Expansive Podcast. My name is John Sane. I'm an author, a keynote speaker, and a futures strategist. I'm always joined by my newly Capetonian resident co-host, Eric Kruger, who's an executive coach, an author, and a speaker. And if you're joining us for the first time, make sure to hit the subscribe and follow button. We release a new episode every week where you can join us as we challenge the status quo, banter about life, and expand our perceptions of what's possible in both our personal lives and our business lives. Eric, how are you doing there in Somerset West? Hey, brother. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, before we even get into it, I actually wanted to quickly just say thank you to everyone who's been uh, re- like reviewing and rating the podcast. Um, yes. You know, as... as uh, listeners might know we are on a mission to hit 200 reviews and ratings this year and it's been great to see them just roll in every single week so just as we kick off just a big thank you to everyone who's been taking the time to do that uh, we really appreciate it and if you haven't done that yet then what are you waiting for uh, we do we'd appreciate it uh, but otherwise yeah things are going really well um been busy working on talks uh the usual i guess the book is done yes like you'll be very yes. happy to hear that the book is done yes yes well um, done congrats yeah, and so just uh, kind of moving forward. I don't know. I don't have yeah. much to report. I didn't have such an interesting week as you did. What's been happening in your life? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was in Egypt for the week, and uh, it was really great. My second time in Egypt. Um, it was such warm and friendly people that uh, that I work with there. So it's always great and a pleasure to go back. Um, the the traffic and the way Cairo is set up is quite a experience you know mm. there's uh i think like 80 percent or 70 percent of the 110 million people in egypt live in cairo and wow. um many people below the breadline so it, it's quite a it's quite a stark contrast to my little bubble here in seapoint cape town or my mm. bubble in dubai in the marina and so it's a little bit it's always it's always a it, I, I don't know what the right word is it's right um it attacks my senses where i feel empathy towards the people and the animals there you know it's like they just have very tough lives. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's got its pros and it's also got its cons where, you know, you feel other people's pain and, and people are taking a bit of strain. But, you know, um, I visited the museum of the Egyptians, the Egyptian museum. It was fantastic. I mean, I saw mummies with hair from 4,000 years ago. Like, what? Their hair is still with them because That's of the, the mummification process is so incredible that they still got their hair from 4,000 years ago. I saw... Um, the, the, the throne of the pharaohs that they used to sit on with gold and just really amazing experiences. But it felt like I got sucked out of one universe and then like spat out into another universe for mm. three days with chaos and amazingness and meeting new people, eating delicious food, and then zoom straight back into Cape Town. So very good. Loved it. Um, going back to Egypt again. I'm headlining the EO Grow uh, conference in March, so looking forward to going back again. But uh, happy to be back in Cape Town for the next two weeks until the adventure in Dubai starts. And so, um, when is yeah, that closing when, off? Like, yeah. We haven't actually caught up about that. When, like, do you think do you have a date for that, or is that yes, yes, uh, okay. end of the month, end of the month, okay. beginning of March? Uh, the process for Dubai begins, and, okay. and uh, but I'll be back and forth a lot for the first period of time because I've got quite a few gigs here in South yeah. Africa, so I'll be back and forth quite. And they in person yeah, gigs? They're not, they're not virtual gigs. Yes, yes, in person. Okay. Yeah, a lot of new in person stuff that's coming up in Dubai as well. Dubai mm. is now dropping all uh, numbers, like in cinemas and conference halls. That's all now fading mm. away. Um, so yeah, so things are, are really starting to ease up mm. uh, around the world and with my travels. In fact, I didn't even need a PCR test going to Egypt. Really? There was no. Really? Yeah, no wow. PCR test to go um, to Doha. Mm. Quick, quick one before we get into the into the content for today. Do you think that in 2022 we'll see a maskless society? 
Yes, yes, yes. Uh, London's already set the tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. London's already set the tone. I think even here, you know, when I get into an Uber, I ask the Uber driver, I said, if I have my window down, do you mind if I have my mask off? He says, absolutely. Like every single driver is like, Ugh, this thing's, mm. I have to wear it because it's rules from Uber. But I just think slowly but surely the thing will start uh, dissolving and fading away. I even think right now we're overstretching with the mask yeah. scenario. I think I it's think kind so. of done. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be weird walking into a shopping center again and seeing everyone without yes. a mask. It's going to be very weird. Yes. But um, I have to say, like, all the sort of league events that I go to for um, sports and, and things like that, mm. there's a, mm. a very relaxed atmosphere almost with all of it, mm. you know. Like, I think people yes. are just kind of over it. Um, yes, it's just I not absolutely, legally yeah. there yet. But I think outside of that, um, everyone's kind mm. of embracing a, a no-mask philosophy almost. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. No, me too. Right. Before we get into today's uh, topic, I want to just touch on one of the news items that I, I, see, I keep seeing popping up around. Um, and today what we're doing is we're doing the favorite trends Eric and I have for 2023. We've been going through a couple trend reports and we're going to share with you our top five or top 10 trends that we enjoy and we think is really interesting to keep it, uh, an eye on. But there's this, there's this news article that keeps popping up. It's um, about women being groped in the metaverse. And I, it, it bog, first, it boggles my mind. I mean, I just don't even understand that these perverts that are on the metaverse. What, what are you? Are you groping a digital avatar? What are you groping? I don't. It's, like, <laughs> it's crazy, right? But if I think about the psychology behind it, and so what the news article says, it says Meta is putting a stop to virtual groping in its metaverse by creating 1.2 meter safety bubbles around avatars. So what this gets me to think is that society has got such a deep shadow around sexuality. You know, this should not be an issue, whether in real life or in the metaverse. And the fact that it's even an issue in the metaverse shows that whatever it may have been, cultural, religion, societal, whatever it is, sexuality needs to evolve. We need to move from this dark, dingy, porn-infested idea of sexuality into something else. You know, it needs to evolve so that this idiotic like ridiculous actions and behaviors ends, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't get it. It, like, it. it really boggles my mind. So, and I also look, as much as it's not cool for the woman and, and never is cool, the thing that's driving is a shadow. You know what I mean? It's the psychology behind it is broken. And so we need to actually, instead of making the men the baddies, we actually need to sit down and say, well, look, what happened to you? Where is the issue from and how can we actually help you solve it and fix it so that this doesn't become an issue? Because I imagine the men themselves don't like doing it. I mean, mm. they surely are not comfortable in doing that, you know? So what are your thoughts on that? You know, um, yeah, I, I go in, in like a, a thousand different directions. Where my mind starts is that, you know, they, they've always done these experiments where they're like, um, they ask someone to kill a robot, right? And like they see yes. like... To what extent do we develop emotions and things towards yeah. robots? And like, do you feel empathy for something like a yeah. robot? Then I'm like, well, if we extend that then into the metaverse, to what extent do I feel like if someone walks up to a, with me or to me with a gun and shoots my avatar, like, what do I feel yeah. in that situation? Yeah. Or if I if I walk right. up to someone else's avatar with a gun, and it's weird for me as well because I'm a gamer. I've always enjoyed games, and like yeah. very often in a game, like there are no consequences. So you do whatever the hell you want. Like, you right. know, you, like, and I mean, some games, if I think back, there was this one game called, ah, oh, it's not mine, but it was like one of the best games to play where you're like, you upgrade your car and the entire thing is to kill as many people as you can, drive over as many people as you can. What? Yeah, but it was a no, fun man. game. No, man, it's a fun sure, game. very fun. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. But yeah. this is like 15 years ago or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But the thing is, no consequence. So mm. now if you take that and like, what is the metaverse? It doesn't feel to me like it's an extension of reality. It feels to me like a game that I'm playing. Mm. Like, why wouldn't I still go? Do you think that's going to change things? though? I don't know. Don't you think it's going to change? I mean, McDonald's has just registered or patented a restaurant that you can order McDonald's from and get it delivered to your real life. Yeah. Uh, Domino's Pizza has also done that. So it's, it's having a crossover. Mm. Definitely there's a crossover. It won't be totally just... There is. Yeah, there is. I, I don't know. It, don't know all of that's yeah. still very foreign to me, but it's, it's interesting yeah. for me that I, I can totally see why that kind of behavior extends into the metaverse. Like it, it makes total sense to me uh, from a gaming point of view, but also from mm. like if you are... Um, for, like your shadow thing, what you were saying is exactly that. Like if you aren't acting out or healing your shadow in real life, why would You're you not go everywhere. and portray yeah. that into the metaverse? Of course. Yeah. Of course yeah. you will. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course you would. Mm. No, I'm just saying it's a psychological issue that we have in society that is even extending into that world where yeah. you're actually not getting any sexual hit from it when you're grabbing a digital avatar. What are you doing? Like mm. even in real life, what are you doing? Like what do you think is mm. going to happen when you grope a woman? She's going to turn around and go, ooh, I love you. Let's go. And, like, mm. What are you doing? Like it doesn't make sense. Dude, anyway. I saw the funniest thing. I saw mm. the funniest thing yes, by the yes. way. Where the guy, um, it's he's like, he, they're showing him from the outside, like viewing him in VR. And then they're showing next to that what he's seeing in VR. And he walks up mm. to a dude in the bar and he like knocks out of his glass out of his hand. And then they start yeah. fighting. But all you see is just people doing this, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, in the air. But it's like this intense <laughs> fight in the metaverse. But like... <laughs> wow. That's ridiculous. Like, wow, we, what an interesting world we're What's in. happening? <laughs> are we devolving or are we evolving? I don't know. It's a tough one to try and figure out. Anyway, let's get stuck in. I mean, obviously, I'm a future strategist. I'm always looking at trends. I'm always looking at what's next so that I can even just prepare myself and obviously with my clients as well. So I sent through a trend report, a couple of trend reports to Eric, and we decided that we'll just take our top favorite trends and just explain them and expand on them and what our experience of those trends are. So um, why don't you kick in, Eric, and start off with your first one, and then we can get on to Yeah. So the first one that I thought was really interesting is that it seems to me that there's a big push for people to find their space. And so mm. what this means is that if you look at um, uh, companies around the world, many of them are, are becoming the concierge of your experience, right? So like mm. what I saw was that you have uh, micro-adventures, right? So like yes. instead of being able to travel abroad, they organize micro-adventures for you in your country or in your province, whatever Town. it may be. Yes, yes. Um, academic adventures, psychedelic adventures, meditative adventures. Yes, so like it's, yes. a, it's like pick your poison. Like what do you want to experience? And there's yeah. a niche enough um, community or, or organization that will specialize in helping you to facilitate that adventure. Right. And I think it's kind of cool that you can, you know, you can find your space and what works for you in the world. I love that. The micro adventure seems like your micro adventure with Spotify and your micro adventure with YouTube. It's almost like these very personalized niche experiences that you can have digitally as well as online. I mean, mm. offline. Mm. Uh, in fact, a psychonaut, psychonaut tourism is a massively growing trend where people are taking executives uh, into these psychedelic experiences so that they can work through their issues, their company issues on some uh, mushrooms or San Pedro mm. or whatever it may be. So definitely evolving at a, spa at a pace that uh, is quite surprising to, to me because even in Egypt, with uh, the audience that I had was a very mature, affluent, I mean, YPO, they're in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, Arabic speaking, were very interested in psychonautic uh, healing experiences, which I thought was both 
exciting and incredibly strange that such a conservative um, mm. clientele would be keen on that. So yes, micro adventures is a, a really cool thing to think about and even start to design them for yourself. You know, like what would buy micro adventure this weekend look like so I can take on it. So very yeah. cool. And, and I think if you, if, if you have that kind of interest, then you can also think, how do you facilitate that for other people? How do you create, how do you build that out for other people? Like, um, yeah, I think, I think there's so much opportunity in this space because t- traditionally, um, if you think of just travel agencies, you know, like they kind of just like take you wherever you want to go in the world. Um, mm. Some of them m- might have packages that are like the Seychelles or the Maldives package, mm. but it's not an experiential package that says this is all no, like meditation yeah. or psychedelics. Yeah. Or, so yeah, what is yours? They're very cool. Okay, good. I like that. I like it. My one, the first one I want to go with is called the K effect. And this is about the South Korean, Korean effect on the world. And you know, the very first time I started thinking about South Korea is when I met at Singularity University, an old man from South Korea, and his claim to fame was introducing the internet to South Korea in the, in the 80s, I don't know, in the 90s, whenever it was. And his mission from the government was to make the internet in South Korea the fastest internet in the world. And they've achieved that. They've got the fastest internet in the world. And I was like, wow, they're like really ahead of the game. And then I did some work with Dermalogica and I was doing their strategy for the future. And then we started researching and realizing that the best beauty products come out of South Korea. They have probiotics in them. They're like really ahead of the game. Then we watched Parasite. And Parasite won the best non-English, it won Mm. an Oscar. And the first time a non-English movie won an Oscar. Then you watch K-pop taking over the world where these, you know, these uh, Korean pop stars are now the, the hottest things around the world. Then you watch Squid Games and you're like, oh my God, Squid Games broke every record on Netflix. And then you start asking yourself, hang on a second, these South Koreans are jacked. They're like, something's cooking in there. Their creativity is so unique to the fact that they have never been exposed to the Hollywood world, the Western world, or not never. They're just, they're very unique in their way of telling stories, of doing things, you know. They've got their own very clear fashion style, movie style, just everything they express is very unique. And I'm such a fan of theirs because every time I experience something from South Korea, I'm always impressed. I mean, Parasite and Squid Games were both quite violent, but really interesting because I'd never seen a story being told like that. So whether you're a fan or not, I'm not really a fan of gory things, but I'm a real fan of storytelling that surprises you at every corner. And I think we are so bored of Hollywood because Hollywood just keeps remaking the same crap that they've Mm. always made because they just want to make money, not actually tell stories. And so South Korea is really surprising. I'm looking forward to seeing and experiencing more South Korea. I mean, in fact, I've got an intention of actually going to South Korea and hopefully speaking at a conference there or two or three so that I can experience that, that city or Seoul and, and just that country as a whole. And also what's really like mad is that you have North Korea and South Korea. South Korea has almost like come out of some sort of bankruptcy in the 60s and 70s and reinvented themselves to become a global leader in so many different Samsung, Hyundai, um, and all these movies. And, and so the, the South Korea is really impressive. I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. And uh, I look forward to having anything else from them mm. released so I can uh, follow it and be entertained and enthused and educated. So is the trend that we're going to see more and more of that coming through into Western civilization? Like well, I that, hope that not. I think they stay... Well, I think I hope they stay unique and they don't like they they, they don't take anything from our society mm. so that we can keep being surprised by theirs. But I just think that if they've now proven themselves over and over to be yeah. incredibly creative, ahead of the game, it's not a mistake. It's just they're really good. Oh, sorry, let's not forget Gangnam Style. 
Yeah. Gangnam Style was the first video to ever hit a billion views on YouTube. I mean, guys, this is no small feat. Eh? This is a, a country that's really just like a small little country. And also, I just saw recently they built a new soccer city that they want to make football. They want to become the number one football country in Asia for football. And you must see what they're doing there for the youth academies and worldwide. I mean, it's just unbelievable what they're doing. So yeah, big up to South Korea and keep an eye out for anything else that comes from South Korea. It must probably be crazy, but really entertaining and educating. Um, I'm looking for a, um, an article that I saw a while ago, but I'm not seeing it right now. But there was a... Um, there was a, a, a specific streamer, um, but I think she's based in China. No, she's and in China. She sold how many billions in like 24 hours or something? In, yeah, yeah in like one live stream. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that was insane to me. Like the, mm. it's, it's also the thing about K-pop is that there's such incredible volume and um, uh, like fandom behind it. Like if you go and Google mm. K-pop, you look at the volume, uh, the, the numbers those people are pulling from an audience mm. point of view. It is like... No, no, no. no it's something else. Yeah. And actually, We've I think never seen it influences like TikTok it. quite a bit, hey? I mean, if you see like anime and those kind of mm. things are like big on TikTok mm. Um, mm. and all those K-pop dancing moves and like uh, songs. You know what influence. this also tells us? It shows us the East's empire growing in dominance. Yeah. You know, that's also, we're starting to see that move happen where we as Westerners that have been indoctrinated into the Hollywood world are really like enthused by this whole new thing and like quite naturally moving towards it. You know, we're not being forced in any way. It's like, wow, this is really amazing, mm, you know? Mm. So yeah, good on them. Cool. And I'm looking forward to more coming out of South Korea. Okay, what's yours? All right, so the next one next is, one. I think uh, what we see more and more of is that people are able to very easily monetize their creativity. So mm. not only because of the fact that we are exposed to the internet and because of that we can find our community that resonates with the things that we mm. are interested in, but also because I think platforms are allowing and uh, building around that more and more and more. So like we've spoken about this many times, the creator economy. And mm. the creator economy just means that um, I as an individual become the company. I become the uh, conduit through which we sell uh, products, mm. courses, mm. merchandise, whatever, right? So we have OnlyFans, obviously, like, there's been a big one. Um, mainly, actually, sort of... I don't know, what's Cornish. OnlyFans? What's that? What's, what's <laughs> oh, OnlyFans? Sure. Oh, sure. I haven't heard of Let's it. Let's go no, cancel what, your subscription quickly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show, Eric. Can you not bring up any other listen, example? You listen, you listen. Come on, like, man. You literally started with porn when we, when we started Where? this conversation today. What did I say? You brought it up somewhere. I did not. You, you're well, it was amazing what you yeah, want to hear. Before we spoke, but it was somewhere. No, 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 no. On the show, it's a family show, Eric. We'll we apologize to, to all the children listening. We apologize to all the children. Yeah, carry on. So you have OnlyFans. Um, Twitter mm. has recently uh, made a shift that you yes. can pay to be, mm. you know, follow someone mm. or, or newsletter or whatever. Mm. Tumblr, Patreon. Um, I know Facebook also has some plans to for monetization mm. for creators. Mm. So all of them are thinking about how do we uh, attract creators to our platform? And mm. it's like, I always look at this and I go, wow, like you can really sell anything. You know, like once you get to a point where you um, are putting content numbers the behind you, put yourself yeah. into the world, yeah. you will yeah. find a community that resonates with the thing that you want to do. Yeah. Like I, I saw yeah. something this week where like the, the channel is all about growing seeds. Like that's it. Like all they do is that's like it. they focus on how do they grow different kinds of seeds like, yeah. you know, how do you grow a guava seed or whatever, banana yeah. seed or whatever. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. And they have this massive community around them and they make a ton of yeah. money off it, you know? 
Yeah. So I think what's what's really exciting is that if you are really interested, passionate, curious about a topic, you can find a community that that'll resonate with that online, and you can monetize that curiosity, that passion, that excitement. Um, so what you're saying is the trend that you're talking about is the passion economy growing the, even further. The creator yeah. economy becoming the massive, economy. massive, massive. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think uh, blockchain will make it even better because we'll start making all the money instead of sharing the money with these platforms. So yeah, that's that's also starting now starting to progress where mm. I think that the stat was 92% of the internet users are uh, consumers. Yeah. Um, and 8% of creators or something like that. And what we need to do is we need to switch it to 92% creators and, and 8% sure. uh, consumers. So yeah, I would it's think it's even, even smaller than that. I would think that I think it's consumers 2%. are like 99%. No, no. You know what it was? There was, another, there was another term that went from 90 to 98. Like that 8% was engagement. They're like engage with the internet. They don't create. So it's consuming, engagement, and creator. Okay. You're right. Sorry. So it's 2% right. was creator. So yeah, yeah. So it needs mm. to evolve to, to, to the other side. So yeah, that's that. Well, we're seeing that, you know, more and more people, we're seeing these older guys who are farmers in some some town in America has got like hundreds of thousands of followers now talking about his farm. You know, this mm. is what I did with my farm. Like any niche, you're right. Eh? Mm. Any niche, you have a tribe that are following you. Okay, great. Can I, can cool. I okay. add one more? Can yeah, I, one more? of course, of uh, course. I, I saw a YouTube channel that's purely dedicated to speed runs. So like when you play a game, uh, you know, you, you can play it at your own pace, like you enjoy and like go for the smallest like uh, nooks and crannies and try and find everything that's in the game. Or you can do a speed run where you try and get through the game as quickly as possible. And yeah. this, is, this, this channel is only dedicated to like all these speed runs through channels uh, or through levels. And people sit and watch that like, yeah. like that's their thing. Like, you know, yeah. and I'm like... There's like there's wow. a channel for everything. There's <laughs> for a channel everything. for everything. everything. You're like that yeah, is your yeah. entertainment. That's the thing you want to watch. Yeah. Very, yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, my one is it's called unbounded optimism. And mm. I feel like where the world has come from, there's been so much like sadness and, and finishing and, and things ending and people moving and people dying and businesses closing. I think we're moving into a space of unbounded optimism, playfulness and creativity. And in fact, we see Pantone has actually brought out a whole new color um, that uh, is called Very Peri. And it's almost like a mix of blues, violets, and reds that uh, displays a joyous attitude and dynamic presence that encourages a courageous creativity and imaginative expression. I love that these brands are all like moving towards more color. There's a great brand on, um, on uh, Instagram called uh, Pangia, Pangia, or something like that. That it's oh, yeah? all these tracksuits that are one color tracksuits. So you got the top, the socks, the t-shirt. Everything's in one color, and they've got very beautiful colors. And so I've actually evolved my brand this year to become very colorful. And you'll see my signature now is a almost like a, a change of these hues of Pantone's new colors mm. that have come out. You know, uh, Adobe's uh, sort of also created like creative trends, powerfully pay playful themes that they've brought out. So I think the theme of playfulness, of unbounded optimism is awesome because we want to celebrate newness and we want to celebrate the strangeness. And so a wonderful trend that I love that's very much in line with the way I think about the world and has given me some license to evolve my brand to be more colorful rather than just black and white. Mm. Um, although your current profile picture is black and white. 
Yeah, but you'll start to see my brand uh, evolving. So you'll see, we're in the process of evolving it right now. So yes, um, but yes, you're right. That is yeah. right. Um, no, but it looks very cool. You look very um, GQ-esque in, in that thank profile you. picture. Thank um, you, thank you. We are also, for our listeners, we're having our very first um, expansive conversation this week. And so you'll be able to listen to it uh, in the episode following this one. And we are speaking to Sapiwe Moyo, and we're actually speaking about optimism in the workplace. Yes. Which I think is going to be a very right. cool conversation to. to have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I like the theme of playfulness. You know, we, everything feels so serious all the time. And actually, mm. a lot of uh, imagination and a lot of magic comes from just engaging in the playfulness. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but it can be very difficult to do when we are just so caught up in, in being reactive to all the, um, I, I guess, the anxiety and fear that is created in the world around us. Mm. Absolutely. I agree. Okay, what's your next one? Let's do two more and then we're going to so, close it off. Uh, I want to quickly, so I'll, I'll share this one just as a very quick um, add-in and then we, I'll share the next one rather as my trend. But did you see this thing about dream tech and dreamvertising? No, so, tell me about it. Yeah, so like where um, more and more what brands might look at doing is to try and induce a specific kind of dream. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's quite hectic. Uh, so yeah. they were saying like that, you know, through certain imagery and certain sounds, you could induce that someone thinks or, or dreams about a specific brand or product or experience. Wow. Um, yeah, so they were saying like dream tech and dream dreamvertising uh, might become bigger in years to come. I think that's super like... Jeez, I don't know. Jeez, Look, dude. I think, I, think we, I, think, I think advertising definitely and our exposure to this constant barrage of branding, storytelling does influence our dreams. But it to does. get really yeah. specific about the science of it, I'd like to actually not have a brand involved and create an experience, like mm. just an experience for myself to evolve, like maybe experience joy more or more flow or whatever it may be but i definitely don't want to be dreaming about nike and bmw no, but can you imagine a not world where i want to be playing no <laughs> can you imagine a world where brands are literally fighting over the space in your dreams no. you know what i mean forget about it like forget about it <laughs> yes no, no, i don't want to do that right. to, i'm not signing up for that one yeah it's, there's gonna be another industry that's birthed around avoiding like a uh, like ad blockers yeah, avoiding dreams. dreams yeah, yeah. for <laughs> dreams yeah ad blocker for dreams yeah, terrible um, terrible so the the one that i wanted to finish off on then is the great reskill um obviously a topic that we are both very interested in and mm. speaking about a lot mm. um mm. and just the fact that in the next couple of years this really is the name of the game is to what extent are you able to reinvent and reskill yourself um mm. There was a great thing in the article that said it's not um, four in 40 anymore. So like it used to be that you study for four years and then you work for 40. And that was kind of it. Now you need to do a reskill every four years. So like it's, you can't just go on for 40 years and think you don't need to completely reinvent yourself multiple times along the way. And mm. some of the examples I had is that Levi, Levi Strauss um, has a machine learning boot camp. So like you can go mm. through this eight week long program as part of uh, Levi and they pay for it you like you know you don't have to take time off for it uh, they're talking about verizon who's invested more than 200 million dollars in helping people upskill themselves digitally and i think what's quite cool and what's very necessary is that retooling and reskilling in this instance is that you you have to go learn a digital skill like you have to maybe go and try a bit of programming or understand yeah. ai a little bit better or do the blockchain it can't just yeah. be that you focus on the skill that you already have and making that better. You know, yeah, it has yeah, to be yeah. different. 
yes, yes, um, yes. And yes. that was, I, I quite appreciated when I saw that as part of the trends report is that these companies are pushing people to say, learn a skill that you are completely mm. Um, mm. unaware of or maybe like not versed in at all because mm. it might just give you that bit of an insight into what's happening in the world around you that you didn't have yeah. before. Yeah, so I like that. The great reskill. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. It's always tough on? to have a great reskill. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a tough one because you have to mm. learn something brand new. Yeah, I like it. Nice one. Okay, I'm going to end off with one called Sports Evolution. Well, it's obviously evolution of sports, and it's really aiming at female athletes becoming equal uh, in sponsorship and in payment, which I think is amazing. And I cannot believe that for the longest time we haven't had that. It's like. I, you know, it's amazing that your indoctrination into a world makes you think that some things are normal and that's just that's the way it is. And so what really got me standing out, like really got me thinking about this, that like Naomi Osaka, the tennis player, that half Japanese tennis player, mm. you know, she was the highest uh, valued sports player two years ago. Highest in the world. Like we're talking more than any male. She was the number one. And what a wonderful thing to evolve into a place where you've got this female tennis player that's very like open about mental health and speaking about things and also being ranked as the most valuable sports player in the world. And I think it's high time that the sports evolution is happening. And just in the Olympics, we saw a lot of those female athletes not wearing what was accepted and what was the norm by the Olympic uh, committee. And if you think about it, the Olympic Committee, firstly, are the most, uh, one of the most uh, um, corrupt uh, sort of bodies in the world where even FIFA, uh, Qatar paid FIFA bazillions to, it's very corrupt. And who are they made all made up of? Old white men. Mm. These old white men dictate what should people be wearing, what where it should be. You know what? It's over, dude. Over. Step aside. Go retire. Relax yourselves. There's a new people out here. They're made up of females, people of color. Gay people, you know, like, there's new people around and we need to have new people making decisions for everybody. This idea of this top-down white male supremacy is really just, it's disgusting. It's over. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I want to rebel against all of it. So big up to Sports Pollution. Big up to all the females that are doing amazing things out there. Sorry that it's taken so long. I mean, it's like, it's embarrassing that it's taken so long. So I'm all for it and I'm going out of my way to try and support any of these sort of sports so that I can give my energy to it. As well, and just by the way, I don't watch sports. I mm. think it's like I don't, at all. So this is nice for me to like want to just think about and, and add my value there. What do you think? It's interesting because when you said sports pollution, uh, my first thought was just that oh, it's about um, sports becoming more digital, and that mm. in yeah. was that maybe part of it as well or not? Was it just purely about okay? It's purely about female sports now starting to really in drive their okay. agenda. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Because I think yeah. that's going to be a, another interesting trend to watch over the next few years. How, like, I'm sure what's going to happen is that schools will also have esports divisions, and sure. that schools will sure. compete at that level. Um, and that's yes, something that I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to see. Okay, great. Well, I hope female. Well, what's it? Well, there's also a stat that so many female are playing TV games. Like, there's a high stat of females really? playing uh, so many games. Yeah, that's interesting. That's high interesting. stat. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. That's also uh, the Gen Zs. A lot mm. of them are into it. So thank you for joining us for the trend report. Uh, we'll do this every year from now on just to talk about some of the trends that are really uh, exciting us. Thank you for tuning in and being part of the Expansive family. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or with your team. The more people we can get on board to join the Expansive community, the better. 
We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify. It'll help us reach our 200 review goal for this year. If you follow us uh, on Instagram, or if you don't follow us, do follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, or whatever platform you use to listen to your favorite podcast. And a quick reminder that you can book both Eric and I to speak at your event individually or as a team. And until next time, have a fantastic week. Thank you. Bye-bye.